Welcome back to the White Coat Club. My name is Lindsay and I'm a counselor at Moon Prep. Today I have two of my fellow counselors with me, Alex and Nicole, and we're going to be talking all about the applications, including the Common App, Coalition, and some of the other like more smaller apps, the Texas app, um, Apply Texas, UC app, and more. So let's get started first. Alex, can you tell me what is the Common App? That is a great question, Lindsay. Um, I would love to answer some more information about what the Common App is. If you are a parent watching this video recording right now and you apply to 15 different schools, um, you most likely used 15 separate applications to apply to those schools. Well, what's great news for our students today is that the Common App is really here to save the day. The Common App is a universal online application that is accepted by over a thousand colleges. So that number has grown exponentially over the last few years. And the Common App really has everything about your child on it. Um, their name, high school, classes, activity, essay, um, all of those important details are all on this one universal application. So we do wanna discuss a little bit of where the Common App started and how we got to this amazing universal application today. So in 1975, a few elite colleges said, hey, let's make one app so we can just have all of our strong candidates apply via this one universal app. And ironically enough, now over a thousand schools have joined the Common App, and now it's no longer just for the elite, or so they said back then. It is for a mix of public, private, and even international schools on the Common App. So every year, um, as counselors, we are always eager to hear which schools are joining the Common App. Um, some big changes from this cycle was um, University of Washington joined, as well as UT Austin. So every year when those, you know, news reports roll out, we're always sitting patiently, hoping that more schools join the Common App just to make that application process a bit easier for our students. Yeah, for sure. I can't imagine filling out 15 paper applications or even like 15 like school specific applications would be so tedious. Thank God, thank God for the Common App. Uh, so I don't even feel like I'm that old, but the common app for me was paper. <laughs> oh, was it? You know, I don't even remember actually even applying to colleges. I feel like I blocked it out and I'm sure I wrote a personal, I obviously had to write a personal statement and like essays. I don't remember actually the, the art of applying to schools. <laughs> I always like kind of think that's silly whenever I'm actually helping kids apply. I'm like, this is, this is stressful. I probably just blocked it off because I was like, this is too much. This is way too much. I actually uniquely enough did apply on paper, but I was doing um, a sport. So as an athlete, it was like a totally different process than all of my peers when I got back to senior year um, in high school. So yeah, I don't really have much experience from that side of it back then. I remember sitting at my dining room table with all of the applications out. The Common App logo was the same back then on the top. And you had to like bubble in all your answers in like a Scantron sort of letter format. And I remember like thinking like, this is going to take forever. So the students now applying to college, thankfully everything is now on the computer and no longer all that like bubble scantron. And then you actually had to mail it. <laughs> yeah. So. I know some schools, even up until maybe five years ago, some high schools were still mailing in like paper transcripts and things like that too, which is now, as we know, kind of a thing of the past. So my previous school didn't have Naviance or score. Um, mm -hmm. So I was one of those schools that licked every envelope and put a stamp on every envelope for those transcripts and rec. So I, yeah. I feel those schools that don't use Naviance or score. <laughs> that yeah. would take so long to do that for every single student. And if they're applying to 20 schools, 
be mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. And then it just takes the university so much longer to process everything. You know, they're essentially getting it really overnight when you send it, you know, via an Aviantor score um, with all the processing on both sides, but it's just such an easier process. Obviously there's room for error with everything technology related, but it's so much easier. Yeah. That's why we remind our kids, look at your portals, make yeah. sure that everything, because even if you sent it, it doesn't mean they got it. So the coalition is super similar. Um, another universal application that will accept for multiple different schools. So essentially you're filling out all of your personal information one time, you know, your high school, your family information, your own demographic information once, and then you're choosing which schools it's going off to. Um, This came after the Common App. I know Alex knows a little bit more about the history of when the coalition became, um, but it's pretty common. You know, a lot of students will say a lot of times their Common App will link to their Naviance account. So your school may use Naviance, it may not use Naviance. You may have never heard that term before, but the coalition now actually is linked up through SCORE, which is SCORE and Naviance are one in the same, um, similarly to how Common App and Coalition are, are kind of one in the same as well. So exactly. So the coalition came about really, and I feel like mainly because the Common App almost had a little bit of a monopoly on the application process. So in 2013, I actually remember this, the Common App had a huge technical error where a lot of students weren't able to submit their applications on time. So I feel like this like small group of people took this opportunity to say, hey, there's a problem with this. Let's create um, a separate application to try and um, separate these two apps. So in 2015, the coalition was born. And at that time, there was schools either on the Common App or on the coalition, but many were not on both. Um, So that was really complicated back then because students had to literally create a Common App and a coalition depending on their college list. And sometimes students decided to take a school off their list or not apply to one altogether because it happened to be on the other application. Um, So another reason behind the coalition is um, some individuals felt that the Common App didn't fit everyone's needs. So the coalition was to reach more people and it also allowed students to start the process freshman year because you created this locker um, so you were able to save like resume items and information like that. So it was supposed to have more access to individuals that might not have had access to the Common App. And the goal was really to simplify things. Um, but Nicole, score, you're 100% right. The platform changed and now those are integrated, which is a really big and recent change. Um, but now over the years, a lot of schools have jumped from Coalition to the Common App. Um, so that's been like one of those things too, where we wait to hear what, what schools are on the common app. We also wait to see if there's any schools that jump ship. U Maryland was a huge one that jumped from coalition, um, to the common app. And then University of Florida as well was a big one that jumped from coalition to common app. So now, um, I think most of my students really just use the common app because that's really where a thousand schools are on. Um, but coalition is a great resource for a lot of individuals who maybe want to start the process earlier. If their school does use SCORE, that might be the platform that their school counselor is using. And really, they're both the same. Like They're, they're helpful um, for the application process, but there are about 150 schools on the coalition, which does make it a little bit more challenging. I'm just not having all of those options for them to apply to. I think that I think connecting to SCORE is going to be such a huge piece because, I mean, I've worked with Naviance and I've worked with SCORE. 
I loved Naviance so much when I first was introduced to it, but more recently I've worked with score and I think I love that one more. So I think for like school districts and things like that, it's going to be such a huge selling point for score in itself, you know, that they're connected to that. And then hopefully kind of more schools will hop on coalition, but I mean, working with our students for BSMD anyway, typically my students that I work with will use both just because they're applying to more than the 20 school limit that the Common App has, which I know we're probably going to talk about too. Oh, we have to talk about that limit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's first talk a little bit about the other applications that our students are using to apply to colleges, um, because it definitely isn't just those two applications. So Alex, do you want to dive into the other applications students can use to apply to colleges? I would love to. So we've already touched base on the Common App and the Coalition. We also have the UC application. So if you are thinking of applying to any schools in California that are part of the UC system, they have their own application, different essays, different deadlines, different application altogether. We also have the SUNY application for anyone thinking about any SUNY schools in New York. We also have uh, Apply Texas. So anyone thinking of any schools in Texas, but like I mentioned previously, UT Austin is on the Common App, which was a great change. And then we also have direct. So there's a lot of schools that will allow a student to apply directly through their website to that university, Penn State being one of them, Nova University being another. Um, so that is another way you can apply to a college directly through the university and uh, boycott the 20 maximum on the Common App. If you are strategic, you can make sure you apply if you are applying to more than 20. 20 via coming up and then use some of these other applications to apply to the rest on your list. I think there's yeah. also some common black college, mm -hmm. black common app application. I can't remember what the order of the words is. And I think you can like apply to all of like the historically black colleges for just like $20 or as many as you really want to apply to. So that, I mean, there's so many small like applications out there too that probably more than we, we don't even know about that kids can use to apply. Yeah. Oh, the HCBCU yeah. application. Yeah. Yeah. HBCU, the HBCU Common App. Um, and there's also a CUNY app too for the city of New York schools. So SUNY is the state of New York and then CUNY is the city of New York and they have their own application also. Um, so definitely like Alex said, being strategic and where you're applying to which ones because some will take multiple apps, which is great. And then some will only take one. So making sure that you know kind of the implications of that as well. Yeah, when you're applying, kind of map it out before you actually start applying, I guess I should say. Um, I'll usually have like a column on my kids list if they're going to apply on the Common App or the Coalition or SUNY or CUNY or whatever, UC app, all those different things, um, just because of the limitations of the Common App. And as we mentioned, everything's not everything, but a lot of things are going to be on the Common App and not everything's going to be on those other apps. And so mapping it out once you've applied, even if you get rejected, you cannot like delete that school for mm -hmm. like, your 20. So just planning yeah. ahead and being smart about it is the way to go. Absolutely. I usually recommend saving, you know, two or three spots on the common app also, just because it is the most widely known app um, and most used app. So sometimes, you know, denials start coming in early if you apply early and then we kind of get into panic mode, or even, you know, your life changes. You have this list that we started in July before senior year starts and then things happen and you decide, you know what, maybe I do want to apply to this school. 
because X, Y, Z. And unfortunately, sometimes they can't just because they've already, you know, jumped ahead and applied to all 20 that they have the option for. Yeah. That's a great point to save a spot or two. You never know what happens with the colleges that you were working on a few months previously. Yeah. And your life changes. I know some, we start early, which is so great, but I always tell students, you know, in a year from now, your life could be completely different. You could have such different ideas about where you want to be location wise, you know, just never rule anything out hundred percent just yet. All right. How about any big changes happening in the common app this year? Do you want to tackle that one, Alex? Sure. So a few changes in the common app. Um, I can think of a few off the bat. Maybe Nicole has some more. Um, but one big change was the fee waiver process is now a bit easier for students and counselors. This seemed to be very complicated. You had to press um, that you do have a fee waiver. It then got sent to the school. It had to be approved that way. So now that process is a little bit more universal. Um, so that should be easier for students who do have a fee waiver. If anyone does have any questions about if they are in that category for a fee waiver, they should ask their school counselor. Um, it's based on family income and different circumstances. Um, some other changes were um, about supplements. So um, contacts and background questions on the Common App also changed a little bit where students were able to include any unusual family circumstances or if they had any family responsibilities um, that they wanted to include on their application. That is also now um, something that students can mention. Lindsay, I think you also mentioned um, a change about the Common App. <laughs> Um, it's going to be more inclusive to trans and non-binary students. So before, you know, you would just have to say what like your your name was. Um, and now you can share your preferred first name and you can add legal to so the first or given like name question. And there's also a question where you can write in your legal sex and then you can distinguish if you're non-binary or even write in another gender too. So hopefully that will just make the Common App, you know, more inclusive. To, to students. Um, and then one thing that they haven't changed is that they will still have the COVID-19 question because um, these kids, are they freshmen and sophomores whenever the school shut down? I can't remember now, um, but it still might've affected them. They might've like had a disruption in their learning. And so they'll still have like that COVID-19 question that allows the students to address, you know, anything that might've happened um, during that time and um, give them that opportunity. I feel like I get this all this question all the time because my advice is typically if the question is optional, answer it. And that goes for like, if there's a supplement that's optional, answer it. But on the Common App, if it is a question about like, is there a circumstance we need to know more about and you don't have any circumstances, that's okay, leave it blank. You don't have to make something up. Um, that is like a spot that you can leave blank if it doesn't apply to you. Yes, you will not be penalized if you are like less affected by COVID or whatever it might be than someone else. It's not like a race by any means. So yeah, completely agree. Optional really does mean optional here. And was it last year that they added, they changed the number four prompt? Um, because I know this year that they're keeping them all the same as they were last year, but I think last year is when they subbed out number four um, for mm -hmm. something nice that happened to you. Like something like joy or like grateful or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, or the prompt that was um, to like thank someone for something nice they did for you, right? Yeah, I think it's number, yeah, exactly. 
I'm always nervous with that prompt because I feel like that essay can go in the direction of talking more about somebody else than themselves. <laughs> exactly. That one has to be skilled. Like you have to be skillful when you're, if you're picking that one. Yeah, I'd reflect on something that someone has done for you that has made you happy or thankful in a surprising way. And then it says, how has this gratitude affected or motivated you? So yeah, Alex, definitely some kids I think can kind of lean heavily on the front side of that question and then kind of dismiss the second piece of it or not put as much focus. But I think the focus on the second half is going to be really important um, or more important than what the actual act of kindness was. I don't think I've ever had a kid use that one before. No, I haven't either. There has been a supplement that's if you can thank somebody that has helped you, um, but you haven't thanked them previously, like write them a letter. I always thought that essay, the kids really do an amazing job, um, but definitely as like a, a shorter supplement, I think it's easier than a 650 word personal statement. Exactly. And I don't know if we, I know we kind of just jumped over to talking about the essays. So, you know, as you know, Common App has the six prompts to choose from, and then Similarly, coalition will have prompts as well. They're not the same. They're very similar, um, but they're not the exact same prompts. Uh, and you do have six options for that as well. One being a choice of your own. So you could really use the same topic. I, I can't remember exactly what the word count is for the coalition. I think it's like a suggested 550, mm -hmm. but you could, you could easily use the same one. We like did an interview with, I can't remember who it was and it was a few years ago now, but someone at the coalition, um, like office, I don't know who it was, but they said, you know, you can, you can do 650 words. It's kind of a suggested 550. Um, so it's not going to penalize you if you do do more words than, than the 550. And honestly, for the apply Texas too, I think that their prompts are for the most part, pretty similar to the common app and the coalition. And I feel like you can probably reuse it over there as well. SUNY as well. I know I've done, I've worked with a lot of students with the SUNY app. I remember for Apply Texas, a student did write a personal statement and it didn't match perfectly. So if you are a student that's going to be using multiple apps, just take a look at all those prompts so you can make sure that maybe it just needs to be tweaked a little bit. But I remember for one student, it, it just didn't work. Um, so that's just one little piece of advice before you get started. Check out all the prompts on all the apps. Yeah. Yeah. Not like 11 p.m. in the night it's due. <laughs> yeah. Start no. A college counselor's worst nightmare. Honestly, yeah. uh, all right. So I guess let's talk a little bit about, does it matter? All these different applications, we've talked about so many different ones. And sometimes you only have one option, but sometimes you can do it either coalition or school specific or uh, common app. Um, does it matter which application students choose? I don't think so. Um, I think, again, if your school uses Naviance, if your school uses SCORE, maybe lean toward that or look into those first, uh, just because it might streamline the process for you as far as your list and notifying your counselor and sending your documents. Um, it just might take a couple steps off, especially if you know, you're checking out the list of schools that they do offer and they are the majority of the schools you're applying to. I'd say you know those would be kind of the key things to look at when deciding. And definitely from the college perspective, they don't have a preference. So if they are in Common App or Coalition or Direct or SUNY or any of the other apps we talked about, they don't have a preference how you apply, but their number one rule is you can only apply via one application. I hear that question all the time. If I apply direct and I apply through Common App, will they think I'm really interested? 
No, because it messes up their entire system. They think they have two of the same applicants. It doesn't, it doesn't work on their end. So if you really, really like a school, email the admissions counselor and let them know, or when you visit, tell them that. But do not apply more than one application um, because it can interfere with actually the entire application process for, for um, getting your application, all the requirements in on time. So funny. I would never, ever think to do that myself, but I'm sure it happens every single year. Yeah. I've definitely gotten that question too. And I always get the question of, do they, do they care where we apply and how we apply? No, just before the deadline. (laughs) So I was thinking of um, just maybe a a little point about the difference between the common app and the coalition. Um, And if you're kind of deciding which one to use, So the Common App does have an activity section that allows you to put 10 activities, where the Coalition has an activity section which allows you to put eight. Um, So if you are maybe a student that has a really, really long resume and you're really proud of a lot of your activities, that might be the push for you to use the Common App over the Coalition um, if the resume is your strength. So that could be one, one push in one direction. Yeah, and even the coalition, even though they got less activities, you have the advantage of being able to talk a little bit more about each activity because isn't it like 255 characters per activity and the common app is just 150. So yeah, you have a little more space. A little bit more space. It's a little, a little bit more nice. space a little for bit. description. Yeah. 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 Um, now, what is some reasons, other reasons, I guess we should say about why a student may pick one over the other? I would say if their school does use SCORE or Naviance, that might be the deciding factor. And some school might actually say, this is what we're asking you to do. Um, so that would be first and foremost. Um, if, if there is a preference, I think a lot of schools wouldn't have a preference because the college process is pretty independent for students and families. But I think that would be a really big deciding factor for a school to push one versus the other. I know oftentimes, you know, at the end of 11th grade, or even early beginning of 12th grade, counselors will go into classrooms and kind of show them a little bit of a run through of the application process. So again, if they use SCORE, they're likely gonna pull up coalition and say, this is how you'll apply. And all of that advice is, is very, very generic. You know, the average student isn't applying to as many as the average BSMD student. So for the students that we work with specifically, it's a little bit different. Um, all of the generic information that the counselors are giving out is great, but sometimes it's just not going to fit for our type of student specifically. Um, and then take a look at your list, you know, really figuring out what is the majority of my schools on. If they're all on one, go for that one. You know, if they're all on coalition, go for that one. Again, if your school uses something, do that. Um, every single time you apply to a school, even if you apply to 20 schools all on Common App, that's great. You're still going to have 20 portals within those schools individually. So adding another app and another, you know, way to do something is just kind of giving you something else to worry about and something else to keep track of and remember a password for. So mm-hmm. if you do it all in one, that's ideal. But um, I don't know if I would say that there's a true reason to choose one over the other. Convenience, I think is the main reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think they're both super user-friendly. Um, so yeah, I would agree with that. I guess like thinking about for our BSMD students, I know sometimes like you'll have to do your supplemental applications too. I want to say it was maybe UMKC or St. Louis. Like if you apply on the, 
you then also have to go into like the like supplemental application and fill it out on their website. And mm -hmm. so I kids were like, well, I already have, you know, 20 schools on the common app. Let me just go ahead and apply to St. Louis all at once. They're my primary application and my like supplemental application all on their website, just so that I don't have to go in there and do it. I guess a I few have. schools do that too. Alex, doesn't Nova do that too? You have to go in and officially apply like for the, um, the BSDO program. I, yeah. Well, I don't know why that term like escaped my head. The premier um, program and the president. Yes, the premier. I was thinking of Shark Week. Yeah. <laughs> the name of, of it, you're, you're right though. It's Shark Week. <laughs> um, yeah. So sometimes it's just like an extra step on that. And that makes sense. Yeah. Just depends on where your, where your priorities are. Cause then of course the problem about doing these school specific apps and like having six different applications everywhere is then you have to fill out all that like demographic information over and over and over and over again. You'll have to fill out your, if you have to requires it, the courses that you did and your test scores and all that kind of stuff. So it is nice if we can contain into one yeah. area. One last thing to worry about. I think one of my favorite piece of advice for, for students and families, if you have an Excel spreadsheet with your college list and it's over 20, you can create a column that says, whether it's Common App Coalition, whatever the app is, if it's UC or direct, that way it kind of is, I'm a visual person. So it gives you right in front of you, how many are on the Common App, how many are coalition, or maybe you have 22 schools on your list, 20 are on Common App and two can be direct. So it kind of shows you like right visually what, what would be best for you. Um, but I definitely agree with Lindsay with the convenience. There's so many pieces to this puzzle, the college application process, whether you have to submit test scores from the um, testing site, from the college board or ACT, or you have to fill out a SAR. Like there's just so many components that if you can kind of condense it to one app um, or two apps, uh, I think that definitely makes the process a bit easier unless you're very organized and your Excel spreadsheet is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, you need an Excel spreadsheet for sure for this, especially for our BSMD students, because there's so many deadlines, there's so many pieces, and, you know, sometimes there's information that gets sent to you after you apply, so it's just, like, nice to have that information all condensed in one area, but. And especially for, for BSMD applicants where there's different, so you mentioned, Lindsay, that there's different supplemental secondary pieces, Sometimes there's different processes for the letters of recommendation too. So where a typical school will send their letters of recommendation via SCORE or Naviance, there's some BSMDs that actually want them literally emailed to the BSMD department. So you have to know that that's a different um, mm -hmm. setup than your other schools that might be the traditional or pre-med route. So Excel spreadsheet, put that on there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I had one kid who asked me this last year and I had never been asked this before. Maybe I just didn't remember, but he was like, well, I have 28 schools I want to apply to. Can I make two common apps? Absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, I am almost positive you cannot do that. I was like, I've never heard of that happening. I feel like it would cause a lot of problems. I feel like, you know, if you were to get found out then they might never find out, but it could just like cause a lot of issues. It's just better one common app. There's so many other applications. There's no reason really to have a common app, two common Alex, apps. Alex, I think we discussed a student of mine this past cycle that wanted to do that because they used up all their spots and they had some last minute decisions. And 
weren't as mindful um, with where they were applying or, you know, weren't, wasn't realizing that they were at their 20 max already. And then have had a few more on their list that only accepted common app. And so often, unfortunately, kids will say, oh, I'll just use their own individual app. Cause a lot of schools still do have their own, you know, individual application. And that's kind of what they were thinking. I'll just apply on the individual. And they didn't have one. It was only via common app and they've used all their spots and it was, you know, what can we do? Um, but yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't advise. I can see that creating so many problems. Like let's say you like your name is Alexandra and you put Alex, but your birthday is the same. And then your SAT scores come in, but that's your legal name. Cause I definitely, I've had a student that had multiple last names and he didn't use all of those last names on his common app, but everything else, the transcript and the SAT scores had his legal, all of his last names on there. So they actually didn't know that they were connected. So I, I saw firsthand how that created a problem with the legal name. So I can only imagine if you're creating two common apps with like the same address and same birthday and all of that, what would, what would actually happen on the college side, I think would be a headache. <laughs> but I think if a student, Lindsay, asked me that question, I feel like I'd be like, hmm, that's a no, but it was definitely something you would have to think about. <laughs> And I'm sure people have done it. I just don't, I don't recommend it. I don't think that the pros really outweigh the cons, you know, for this one school, you know, if it was so important in the beginning, it probably should have been on the list from day one. And that's why I suggest saving those two to three spots. So like, if there is like that dream school that pops up for you in yeah. January, whatever it is, you have a spot if they mm-hmm. don't have an app or whatever application. Now the college doesn't have a, a limit, does it? You can apply to all 130 schools or however many schools are on the coalition. Is it limit there? The coalition <laughs> app has no limits. Yeah, because I've never had, usually like I feel like I have kids who will do like five schools on the coalition, five to 10 schools, because usually out of the 100 and whatever, there are 30 on there, 150, whatever it is, they only are interested in a small percentage of them. And so- yeah, I've never really run into kids wanting to apply to 25 schools on the coalition only. And I think you guys made a good point um, previously, just about saving maybe a spot or two. A lot of times in the college process, students don't want to apply to a real, real safety or a school that's maybe their local public school. Um, and I always like to remind students a lot can change, like Nicole said, from today to you know a year ago or bef- a year from now or before the universal may 1st deadline so um just make sure either you do have that safety safety school on your list um or you are looking at maybe the possibility of maybe you don't want to go too far from home and you want to have that local public school on your list so you can have that those spots available if need be tragedy happens also i've known too many families that i've worked with that no no way not going local and then you know I had a student one time was hit by a car right before the end of the school year and they were, um, had a leg broken and they couldn't like going away to school was just not going to be possible at that point for them. They did eventually transfer, I believe, but it just wasn't an option and they had not applied. So they couldn't even like, you know, say that they wanted to go there and it was a whole mess and things happen. We're doing this so far in advance, which is amazing, but you never know what's going to come the next day. So really just keeping when I talk about safety schools, I always want to say, I preface it with, it's not just safety as far as your academics of getting in, it's safety of, should there some, be something that happens? Like, this is a place that you know that you can go, you can commute, you can do something like if your whole world was kind of to fall apart in this process. Yeah. And financially too, someone could lose a job and maybe yeah. that student only had private schools on their list. So 
I always suggest that local public school, you can get in-state tuition if need be. And if you are going out of state and you're going to a private school, great, but you do have that to fall back on in the case of a circumstance like your student, Nicole, or you know, a, a parent losing a job or whatnot and that um, not being financially feasible anymore. And then just back to, I know we kind of skipped this a little bit ago, but coalition versus common app. Also, depending on where you are and what state you're applying to. So there's definitely some states that or some states that have a lot of schools that do coalition. And then there's some that literally only have one that do coalition. So like um, North Carolina, I know there's a lot of schools that will use the coalition app, Um, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, like there are certain places that if you're in those areas and you're wondering, you know, what's best for me, you can just check out how many, you know, schools in your state or schools in your state that you're interested in applying to. If you want to stay in state, use it. And it might be just a little bit easier for you to make that choice. I know this is uh, a video about the Common App and Coalition and applications, but the essay is a big piece. Um, Sometimes students get so wrapped up in picking the prompt before they start writing their essay that sometimes I think it's important for students just to brainstorm in general or to free write or to write their ideas down. Um, And many times my students will actually pick the prompt literally when they're copying their essay into the Common App. Um, So sometimes picking the prompt too early can almost like fit you into like a box and maybe hinder some creativity. So it really is up to the child that's writing, um, obviously their own college essay. But I do think sometimes picking the prompt um, later can sometimes be helpful for the creative writing process. Yeah, I completely agree. It's better to showcase who you are than to fit a certain prompt. Colleges do not care which prompt you pick. And I think I read that like 20 to 25% of kids are picking like that number seven, choose a topic of your choice because it doesn't, sometimes it won't quite fit into one of them. Like you might talk about a time when someone made you grateful and also like, you know, a quality or, you know, something that's so important to you that like, they have to know about it, like that first prompt too. So, you know, if you have kind of a hybrid between multiples, it's totally fine just to pick number seven. I don't think they care. And I love the the eager students that say, if I pick a prompt that most students don't do, will they be like, wow, this student's awesome. They picked a really rare prompt. The answer is no. The colleges do not favor a prompt that is um, least used. So pick a prompt and pick an essay that really um, showcases who you are and what you want the colleges to know about you. When I have a student who is struggling to pick a prompt and they're kind of obsessing over the prompt that they're going to choose, um, I typically have them read some example essays and then I'll say, what prompt do you think they used? And so often the students are like, wow, it could actually kind of fit in all of these. Exactly. So write about what you want to write about and don't worry too much exactly about the specific prompt that you're going to choose. Oh, I love that. That's a great one, Nicole. I'm taking (laughs) a look. Yeah, because I do get confined into a box and it's way better just to be yourself at the end of the day. So we already talked about how they should be. If you're a rising senior, you should be already working on your personal statement. But what about when should students be creating like the Common App and the Coalition? Yeah. So, um, I know sometimes students right now, if they're in 11th grade, they just, they want to have one. They want to see what it's all about. Um, you can create an account at any time on August 1st. I know definitely for common app, I feel like for coalition, probably too. Alex is shaking her head. So I think that that's right. Um, it'll, it'll transfer over. So if you have an account right now and you signed up as a first year student, uh, first year applicant, you'll have an account. And then on August 1st, when you sign back in or anytime after August 1st, it's going to ask you, 
do you want to transfer everything over or do you want to create a new account? If you've started working in there and you want it to transfer over, just make sure you click that button um, and everything should just auto-populate into the next application for 2023, 2024, because until August 1st, it's still going to be technically an application for 2022-2023. So you really can at any time. Sometimes students just want to mess around with it because they're super eager, which is fine, but um, don't really get too crazy. You won't be able to submit anything or it won't be the true application until after August 1st. And I think now students are so like mouse happy that they're always like clicking so fast and not always reading. So that's really important. So Nicole mentioned August 1st is the big rollover day. So make sure that your student is actually reading that, you know, box that appears and says, do you want to roll everything over? Because if they press no, it's all gone. Mm -hmm. So make sure that they are reading. And this is, this is advice for the entire college process. Don't scroll and check boxes without actually reading the entire sentence and all of the choices. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just advice across the board. Um, one piece that doesn't roll over where I've heard some sob stories is the supplemental piece. So let's say you do create a common app junior year and you're playing around and you add colleges to your college list. You can then see what questions or supplements were asked for the the previous year. Um, If you do start filling out any of those questions or essays before August 1st, they will be erased for the rollover because that information isn't confirmed for your um, coming year yet. So that's a big, 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 um, be cautious. Don't fill out the supplemental piece, but of course the Common App can be um, worked on and and you can definitely fill out those boxes. Um, SCORE, you can actually start as a freshman. So that was one of the perks about SCORE. I'm not SCORE, Coalition. Um, We're actually one and one, they're on the same platform. So I guess that's not wrong. Um, But Coalition, you can start as a freshman and that does grow with you. Um, so that is a perk that you can you can start early. I would say freshman year is a little too early, but you can start putting stuff away in your locker so you remember it um, for down the road. Yeah, I always tell kids like whenever this summer they have more time, like do all those like time consuming tasks on the Common App. Like, you oftentimes need to be like some schools require you to put all your classes, which is kind of silly because they're getting your transcripts, but some schools do require that. Or like, you know, you can be writing in like the demographic information, the activity list and stuff like that. It's just like things that aren't necessarily difficult. They just take time. And when it's October or November, you don't necessarily have that time. And because you're in school, you got your extracurriculars, you got all these essays you're like juggling. So do kind of that administrative stuff when you have, have the whole summer to do it. And also with the Common App, a lot of students are so eager to write directly in those boxes. And I know previously there wasn't like a spell check. Um, I really like for students to use a Word document. So A, you can get it down to all the necessary character counts. Every box basically has a different character count for the activity section, especially. And that way you can do spell check and all of that. Um, So if you are excited and eager to fill in those boxes, just make sure you do go back and make sure everything is perfect before you press them in. Yeah, review, review. And I mean, honestly, the Common App even like forces you to review everything beforehand too. So like pull up like a PDF of like everything that you've done. And at very minimum, at least for like the big Common App, like kind of primary application, you should be reviewing all that and just make sure your parents' names are right, your name is right, all that kind of, you know, those kind of things are correct. Those are our mistakes that will happen. Um, And I've had kids before who uh, are 
are kind of picking different majors or different like career paths based on the schools they're doing. So I've had both BSMD students and then also like direct dental students. And so they're changing. They want to be like a doctor or a dentist, like in that, what's your future profession kind of goals. And so it's just like such a small little detail that it's easy to forget about it. Um, but we had to make sure each time that we were keeping it up to date, or maybe for like a non-BSND school, you're saying you want to be an engineer or whatever it is. Like I've had kids do kind of a lot of different stuff. So just making sure you kind of stay up to date and, and paying attention to small details, just like what Alex was saying. It's really easy to get overwhelmed by everything, but just take the time. Don't be submitting at 11 and 45 at night on application deadline day to give yourself those opportunities to, to see everything. And Lindsay brought up a great point. The PDF you get before you submit, review it. It is there for you to review your entire application, especially the first time you are submitting an app. I can't tell you how many times students have, like you mentioned the self-reporting the courses for senior year, spelled English wrong or spelled chemistry wrong. Like we, colleges don't want to see those little mistakes. Um, so definitely catch that before the PDF or Review the PDF fully, especially um, if it's the first application you're submitting. We don't want any of those tiny mistakes going through. I've even seen like autofill, not fill in the correct areas. And, you know, you see the autofill pop up. So you click OK and then it's filtering. It doesn't always know the exact question. So then your name is kind of randomly under like, what major do you want? And it's, you know, it's definitely not good. So <laughs> definitely double check everything. Now, what happens if you do make a mistake? If you realized you spelled English wrong after you've already submitted, what would you say kids should do? I've had a few students who have known that they've made mistakes. So if you're kind of having a tech support issue, you know, and you're not understanding, there's there's definitely tech support for Common App and Coalition that you can contact kind of if you're having issues getting in to your account. But I think if you make a mistake, like a true mistake, um, I don't know about a spelling issue, but reaching out to the um, admissions counselor at the school and just letting them know. I'm trying to remember the exact situation that I had with a student last year, but it'll probably come to me in a second. I feel like sometimes students, if, if there is a mistake made, it depends how big of a mistake, but sometimes trying to like write in and say, oops, I put the wrong thing. It could sometimes make the mistake even bigger. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe the school counselor can explain something in their Naviance report. Like if you put a wrong course in, they can explain that that was a course that they were taking, but then they withdrew and then they forgot to add like the right course. Um, because when you do self-report, you are promising that everything you self-report is correct information. So I would really think about what the error is. And if it's a spelling mistake, not good, but fix it for the next school that you're going to apply to. But I don't think I would like write the school about something. No, small. not about something silly like spelling. Um, only something major, you know, you put in the wrong major that you're interested in, you know, or birthday. You, a like lot of times, yeah. yeah, a lot of times it's like a drop down and, you know, you click the drop down and you don't realize that you missed, you know, it was really probably the one above it or something like that, then definitely contact, but not for something small. Like you said, it's just going to highlight that even further. And once you once you submit on Common App, like that submitted, you shouldn't be contacting Common App and saying, oh, can I rescind that? Or can I edit that? So Common App has a help desk that's communication, like only email. Um, so they've actually gotten better over the years and Coalition has a chat feature, um, but they, they can't help you rescind an application or anything like that. Mm -hmm. 
So I would definitely chat with your, your moon prep counselor and see what the best step would be to, to fix an error and determining how big of an error that is. But hopefully with all your hard work, organization, checking your PDF, no errors will get through. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. That is the goal. <laughs> Mistakes will happen and it's really not the end of the world. I was reading, I think it was like a blog post, maybe from like either Harvard or MIT. And they're like, uh, one typo is not going to be the reason why you, you're not accepted. Like if it's littered with typos, like if you spelled English wrong and math or calculus, and in your like personal statement, you had like a ton of like really obvious grammar mistakes and spelling mistakes. I mean, that's kind of saying something else about you, not just the fact that you made like one mistake, because obviously they know you're a human. So yeah, mm -hmm. spelling English wrong, it's not going to be the end of the world, but having consistent errors, that's a whole different other issue. That's a really great point, Lindsay. A student is 17 or 18 years old. There's a lot of different components. So we're not perfect and we are human and we're going to college and students are going to college to learn a lot of these skills when they're there too. So I think you're right. It's not the worst case scenario if there is an error. Um, just, just try your best to use time management skills that you have enough time to catch or fix anything um, before you press submit. <laughs> And have someone else look at your application. If not your parents, like, or like your moon prep counselor or whoever you're working with, um, have someone look over it at least the first time because you've probably looked at it like a billion times. And so you might miss something really obvious or just be tired. And so having that second pair of eyes, it can really help too. We kind of touched on this, like supplemental questions and essays, um, but is there any difference between like the supplemental essays if you apply on the Common App versus the Coalition? I think one of the trickiest parts on the Common App is when you add a college to your college list and go to those specific questions and look for the essays, um, you can see maybe there's one or two supplements, but then you can forget that another essay can appear once you answer some of those questions. So if you are on Cornell and you put that you want to be in the hospitality major, that can actually add an additional essay um, to your application that you didn't see previously before you answered those individual questions. So I think that's a very tricky part of the process. Also, if you didn't uh, manage your time appropriately and it is like the night before the deadline and now you just have a random essay appear in front of your eyes. So I think that's um, just one tricky part about the Common App is that there can be something that appears depending on how you answer the questions above. And they're not all in one spot too, which is always kind of annoying. Mm. Like, there'll be like a writing section sometimes. You're like, great. Like I see those three essays, I'm good to go. But then sometimes there'll be, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but like underneath the major, like Alex was saying, something else will pop up. So it'll be in that section instead. And so you do kind of have to click through everything to find all these essays because sometimes they are hidden in there. It depends on what you pick. Um, so that happens a lot with like my BSMD students where they're like, I don't see where I implement like this essay that, you know, we, we knew that they had to write. Um, and it's because they hadn't selected like their major as like the BSMB program or whatever kind of specific thing. And so usually it's like a really easy fix, um, but it's easy to just think that you're done and it has no essays because you looked in like that writing second um, section and there was, you know, one that you were good to go on, but there could be more. There's always more. That's what I always say. More. A lot of times too, like if you click the honors college, another thing will appear and they're like, oh yeah, I definitely want to do that. But they're not realizing, well, the second you click that button, something else is going to pop up. And now it's the day before and you don't have anything you know, ready for that. Um, 
I've even had students like completely not see the writing section. They just see the questions and then they're like, oh, there's some, you know, short responses in here. No worries. And then realistically, there's two essays sitting below that they did not see. I think that's what's so hard too, is there's no universal lingo. So like one school can call it writing. Another school can call it short response. Another, like they all have different names for it. And it is in all different spots of the Common App. So if the Common App is listening to this right now, it would be very <laughs> beneficial, very beneficial for the lingo to be the same and for things not to just appear randomly. <laughs> yeah, we could hope for that change in the future. In the future. <laughs> we understand not this year, but maybe next year. That'd be great. <laughs> and I know we said it again, but it's worth mentioning the essays, the supplemental essays do change. So like, for example, NYU for years always had like their YNYU essay. And then this year, it's something completely different. I can't remember what it is now, but it's not YNYU. And so if you had like written that over the summer, um, it's not like the work is completely wasted because then you got to learn more about the school and, you know, confirm that it is the right choice for you, but you won't be able to submit that. You'll have to write something else. So whenever you are starting to plan ahead, just make sure that they have been updated or write like a lot of of those like common themed essays, like if it's like an extracurricular essay or why major essay kind of based on whatever your college list is, try and be a little strategic about that. So you don't, mm-hmm. don't waste your time. And that's exactly right, Lindsay. I had a student that was amazing and she worked so hard on all of her essays before August 1st. And then when August 1st rolled out, we saw that the NYU one, which has traditionally been why NYU um, changed to a question more about diversity and community. Um, she was like, oh no, it got me. But, um, you know, that's one of the risks we take when we try and start some of our supplements a little early. Um, so yeah, so you could be strategic when you're trying to write your supplements before August 1st, but some of these schools can surprise you, even ones that have been the same for a long time. It's still worth it to start early for sure. Even if it's just like one, even if one or two essays get changed and they're kind of useless, if you wrote 10 to 15 other ones, it's totally worth it because you saved yourself a lot of time then that you're going to have to do. 100% worth it. When you have a lot of time this summer over trying to get all these essays in when you're back in school and your rigorous courses, potentially taking an SAT or ACT again, life is busy senior year in the fall. So whatever you can get done in the summer before senior year, do it. All right. I think that's it from us today. Uh, Thanks so much for joining in this episode of White Coat Club. Make sure to like and subscribe to get more content from us.